What? Okay, if everyone would like to collectively, like, groan and sigh together, that's what I've been doing, so we can take a second to do that. So on three, we're all gonna sigh together, okay? So one, two. 48 minutes of dogs barking, 48 minutes of dogs barking, 48 minutes of dogs barking, 48 minutes of dogs barking. Growl. <laughs> 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking. <laughs> and we're going to just, uh, we're playing in the ball pit tonight. <laughs> Fucking around and finding out. Welcome to the show. I'm Jason. This is Brian. Uh-huh. Hi. How the fuck are you? We're here in the in the dad pit. In the dad once, pit. Once again, go doing it live. Drinking some hams. Ugh. Being away from the women folk. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't ruin our fucking depression and inability to talk about our feelings. I had to get the can crack in there right as you were talking about your depression. It's perfect. I just know my father used to hit me and call me a wimp. And when I watched him die, I didn't shed a single tear. We're drinking beers. We're having uh, emotional having some laughs <laughs> and repressing our emotions. We're just two guys out on the out on the town. By out of the town, I mean be- technically below the ground in in a room with <laughs> sky- with uh, recessed lighting. <laughs> we're drinking beers. We're repressing our trauma. We're having a good one. So, welcome to the show once again. Forty minutes of dogs barking. My name is Jason. This is Brian. We've done our introductions already, but I felt like. I felt like it needed just another another little touch. So, Brian, I uh, I discussed in a previous episode my obsession with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, your pathetic obsession. You you are as some terminally online people might say a gooner mm. for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Just absolutely, you know, it's ruining your life. I know it is, and but you just can't. Yeah. But you love it. I love it. And uh, they just came out with an anime. So. Oh, <laughs> it's about to get worse. <laughs> and let's combine all of my fixations into one convenient package. Is there that's a, on Netflix? Is there a? a are you going to have the fucking body pillow, the Jackie body pillow, the Jackie Wells body pillow? Yes, absolutely, I will. Jackie I mean, Wells. It's depressing you even know the full name of the character. Because <laughs> like I got about to his death, right. And about 30 minutes past that, like, I think 30 minutes past his funeral, I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't ever need to play this again. Yeah. It, it was like, it was like, uh, playing an Assassin's Creed game <laughs> that had, that was like nothing but map points. Like there's no gameplay. You just read a map and you go to a point and the game goes, here's your, uh, here's your serotonin, uh, bump and okay, go to the next map point. Look, I, I enjoyed Marvel Spider-Man for pretty much the same reason. Uh, I am a, I'm a little open world, uh, you know, I I throw it back for open worlds, I guess. You you throw it back? Yeah. Let, let it slide down the tree hole? Indeed. Uh, <laughs> that's how I was with Elden Ring, 134, 135 hours in Elden Ring, three playthroughs. Uh, I, I've, I've beaten the game three times now. So yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, um, I, I think finding out someone's just really in like Elden Ring is a little less sad than <laughs> cyberpunk 2077 like that's like 
you're saying like you're a stan you're a simp for like tom clancy advanced warfire on ps2 no okay one of the most broken games i've ever seen part of it actually a big part of it is the fact that it's set in a universe from a a really good tabletop rpg Mm -hmm. i love the multiple 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 references to william gibson novels which is Mm -hmm. what wow that was my entree to like sci-fi novels was gibson stuff so i have you know, a special place in my heart sure. for the Neuromancer and Burning Chrome and, and all that. So, oh, yeah, I, I read Burning Chrome and Neuromancer in high school. I was very precocious and pretentious. Yeah. Don't worry. And I think I think there's a lot of really neat stuff in Cyberpunk. I just think the bones of what they what they accomplish is just kind of a bummer. Like, I would much yeah. rather like I'm not even sure watching like a really done Let's Play mm. of Cyberpunk would do it for me. Like, there's a couple games out there where I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I really want to spend time playing this. I'll watch like a guy who knows all the ins and outs and all the mechanics, how this game works, what does well, what fails at. Do a let's play, watch that for a couple hours or something. I'm sorry to trash a game that you you are obviously in no. love with, um, but I I think aesthetically it's really interesting. I think graphically it can be very impressive. I think they had some really great ideas. It just seems like that shit has fallen apart. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. If two years later, I'm ready to get hurt again. Yeah, I get it. But that put me in the mind of, you know, our, our cyberpunk dystopia that we're living in right now. Yeah. And I was thinking about, and I was looking at a, a new Twitter account for a website, iwaspoisoned.com. Oh, yeah. You haven't heard about this? <laughs> this was relatively new to me. This is this stuff that I discovered this week. Because there so. was... Um Earlier in the year, I think it was the Lucky Charms, or maybe this is about a year ago. The Lucky Charms, there was a batch of Lucky Charms, like during like all the strikes and stuff, uh-huh. that was like giving people like terrible diarrhea and shit like that. Like there was people getting poisoned by by their snack foods and then their healthy cereal in the way that you normally don't get poisoned. Right. It was outside of the normal tolerance of of pain and suffering, and uh, so yeah, I think that had a moment in the sun. Not too recently. I think it's because somebody started posting them on Twitter. Is where yeah. it is because that's where I wound up saying it. I don't usually, you know, I go to like three websites. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> I go to, you know, I go to the something awful forums. I go to Twitter, and uh, in my great shame, I go to Reddit. So, still read the something all man god bless you oh yeah i mean i guess like reading Reddit kind of balances out whatever good points it's, for yeah. still reading essay. Yeah, yeah, it's a wash. No, I get it. You really <laughs> I understand? It's like one of those things. Like, well. You saved a bus full of children <laughs> from the hydrochloric acid baths, but uh, yeah. you also said Hitler was good. So, kind of not do that. By the way, disclaimer: I never said that. No, he uh, said it was. Uh, was it Goebbels? You said no, Goebbels was okay. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who poisoned Hitler's dog was okay in my book. Yeah, actually, if you. <laughs> Fuck that dog. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that dog. Jesus, Jesus Christ. So, um, <laughs> if we're not on a watch list already, that one, I think that might have done it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> do we have enough listeners to be on a watch list? Oh, uh, well, I guess that could only improve things. So, <laughs> it's it's when all of a sudden guys that like the YMCA start being like, hey, you, uh, you ever, you ever wanted to, like, you know, just freak some people out? And I, I'm just going to be like, Sir, I found Allah. Oh, fuck. So, uh, speaking of uh, people who have uh, committed great sins against the world. No, actually, I was uh, doing a little dance in the streets there. 
Good old Kiwi Farms is uh, is now uh, it's done, gone. Docile. So now, if you want to harass people in the suicide, you gotta get in their face like a yeah, man, like a real push person. them down, <laughs> tell them they smell bad, they're not a real person. You just can't hide behind the keyboard anymore. You gotta fucking hit the bricks and make someone feel bad for existing. Uh, so because uh, our, I'm talking about old school street harassment, <laughs> none of this. Uh, Hey, I posted a photo of where you work on Twitter. No, I'm throwing a brick through that fucking window on that note. Some things are really going to hurt you deep inside. <laughs> well, um, that that does sort of play into it. I'm just going to roll with it. So um, Keffels, who is our, our, our um, the main character on Twitter for a while, for helping take Kiwi uh, Farms down, is now there's people saying that an old joke of hers is you know uh, questionable slash cancelable oh is it the, is the, it the one about being near train tracks so you can that's a real jake flores kind of joke yeah it absolutely is but i love it let me let me pull the actual joke up because i <laughs> it made me laugh so the, the tweet in question uh, of course at keffels i don't care if you like me or not i live next to the train tracks all I need to get pussy is sell an autistic girl she can watch the trains go by at my place every few hours I'm better than you. <laughs> and then there was someone else where they replied to it like, yeah, no, uh, you know, something about, you know, being neurotypical, not neurotypical to, to like trains. And she goes, look, you like trains. I just ran a train on some autistic girl. And, and people are like, oh, that's really like autistic people can't consent. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with this? So it's getting really weird out there, bro. Boy, the uh, can autistic people consent argument is a real <laughs> wild one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I get the joke. I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, that, it's like, it's funny. It's, it's fine. It's, fine. It's, it's, when was that tweet made? Like 2014? Right. It was, you know, like that was like dirt. the end of you being able to be funny and earnest on Twitter. So like, I don't know. That's cool. That's whatever. Yeah. Like, I guess it's, I mean, I guess you can be up. It's one of those things where like. I ain't really gonna read that, right? So uh, um, you, you can I'm, be upset I'm either happy want. for you or I'm sorry that that happened to you, kind of thing. It's just like I don't <laughs> right. give a shit. It's fine, but it's good that Kiwi Farms is down. Yeah, and there's one last place on the internet for people to be complete shitheads. Mm -hmm. So a thing I'm not a big fan of NFTs. We've talked about this on the show before, but this one. <laughs> Is fucking with me. I, I pulled this up on the screen so I could read, but but Brian sees it across the room. It's terrible. It's terrible, folks. Folks, Starbucks. Starbucks is getting into the NFT game. That's folks, right, folks. You want, uh, folks? Are you too poor to pour to afford your eighteen dollar adult milkshake? But you want to own one on the on the blockchain, folks? It's just so weird. It's like um. <laughs> It's a lot like, like Square Enix just announced like some collectible shit that like a physical collectible that had people excited, and I haven't gone and looked into this, but apparently they're like also connected to NFTs, uh, and so everyone is like, oh, these are cool like little figurines I would love to have like on my desk, but there's NFTs that are attached to them, and therefore I can't support this uh, piece of plastic that I wanted to buy for way too much money. <sighs> Yeah, well, here's what really screwy about Starbucks. First of all, it's called Starbucks Odyssey, which I love to to name uh, things after you know the most obtuse book. <laughs> 
I'm thinking of Ulysses those, again. So, uh, or a good Mario game, apparently. <laughs> that's true. Mario Odyssey rules. The, what they're trying to do is to create a like a customer loyalty program, but also work in NFTs with it, which to me is two very opposing concepts. You know, if I buy th- three, like you said, adult milkshakes in a month, I'm going to get you know a, a NFT of what like a barista's phone number. I don't understand how this. I don't work. understand how this goes either. It seems really confusing. As someone that used to work for a company owned by Starbucks, their rewards program, at least, I'm sure it's changed a little bit, but as of like eight years ago, was pre-convoluted already. Mm-hmm. Um, I So it's like one of those things, like how do you make like one of those, it's like their rewards program is equivalent of like one of those like puzzle boxes on YouTube. It's like... <laughs> This puzzle box costs fifty thousand dollars to make, and one guy with uneven eyebrows is going to show you how to crack it. Um, yeah, the the lock picking lawyer is going to the lock picking the, <laughs> the yeah. Isn't that the guy? Is the guy who does all the lock? I don't know. Things? I'm just trying to think like what would be the weirdest guy like <laughs> Joey's World Tour. Show <laughs> you <laughs> Joey's World Tour for shitting himself. <laughs> all right, and so we just uh. We put a, see so we got we got counterbalance this with a little bit of shaved ice from Sonic. All right, and then you see as that melts, that's gonna fill into those channels, and at just the right moment, I've got to turn this key. And if I don't turn this key, I'm I'm locked out until everything dries out again. So let's hopefully, folks, on the first try, I can get this. Yeah, just like you hear the shit dripping down his pant leg. It's like, all right, folks, I'm about to get it. <laughs> every time every time i see that guy and and hear him do some goofy ass mouth noise i just can't it's just bizarre to me you know that guy has been banned from like a top level oh easily yeah no for for there was, there was a whole video where he was like telling the the taco bell person to like make a certain drink and they're 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 at the drive-thru and he's he's yeah you know you gotta make it in his jay leno voice yeah you gotta make it the thing and the person's just what? And I, yeah, I imagine that <laughs> yeah. just, for, just for just for cause, he's probably been you know said sure. Just don't come back here, man. Put what, the camera away. But so Starbucks NFT. Starbucks NFT. What yes. hellhole is this that they're trying to open? So yeah, I mean the long and short of it is you're gonna earn stamps and the stamps get you nfts it, it really is a, a loyalty rewards program i don't know that the stamps actually do anything else but give you these little trinkets truly bizarre i don't understand the use case because because if you're paying with credit that transaction data is there to begin with mm-hmm. i mean i get you know i'll use a debit card at like a target and i'll get an email you know, the, the, hey, uh, did you enjoy sure. your purchase of the 50 gallons of lube and the, you know, whatever it was. And <laughs> so you bought a cat food. What's right. up with that? <laughs> what is up with it? I am fostering five kittens, by the way. I told you this. So you're right? not, uh, you're not just, a, you're not just eating cheap. <clears throat> well, I mean, two birds, one stone, but <laughs> <laughs> these cats are going to be so delicious. <laughs> oh, no, not what I meant at all. <laughs> It's what ten minutes in the show, and we've said like five cancelable things. I think you're just you're just Ways angling in nice and plump. <laughs> oh yeah, they're going to a nice home. My stomach. Yeah. <laughs> could have been worse. You could have said like the Chinese place up the road. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I feel like we're in the part of town that doesn't have Chinese places like that. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised. No, there's a, there's actually a couple of really good uh, really good places, but they're they're definitely they're of the greasy spoon variety. They're they're kind sure. Of the... I kid you not. When I was growing up, mm. there was a ch- just a random hole in the wall Chinese place mm. that when she worked for Ventures Corporate Office a million years ago, making us both yeah. sound old, making my mom Venture. also sounding incredibly ancient. Th- apparently, she just loved this Chinese takeout place and we get it all the time for lunch. Mm. And uh, it was, I should you not, right next to a PetSmart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like, like well. it's kind of like one of those things where, like, if if you're ballsy enough to open the Chinese <laughs> restaurant next to a PetSmart, like, you gotta come correct. You can't give people any reason to yeah. question what they're getting. Like, no, this is some pretty good black pepper chicken. Yeah, or uh, and that's know, beef and steak. Yeah, or they're, uh, they're actually in the West End. There's a place that's been, uh, and they've been there for years and years. That picture will make the rounds on on social media every once in a while, and it is it's literally a, a cat clinic next to a, a Chinese place, and it's right, you know, it's, it's right. <laughs> hey, like, uh, cat's not gonna make it. Eh? <laughs> you wanna you wanna make a couple bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I love how of all the voices you went with, like an Italian guy. <laughs> I married into the family. That's right. <laughs> I love it. The very kind people. And I don't appreciate it. And he I says appreciate like all- what you're insinuating that me, a Italian, a strong Staten Island fella, can't be working as uh, the family he married into is a Chinese delicatessen. You know what? You're right. I apologize. That was insensitive of me. Chinese delicatessen <laughs> sounds so good. I want that to be real. Oh my god! Well, you like know, a, um, a General So's pastrami sandwich. Can you imagine? A, <laughs> there's a brand of Chinese or Asian condiments called soy vey. Mm, mm-hmm. That is, <laughs> it's a, obviously. A, did a, you know I this? Think it's a Jewish man married a Japanese or an Asian woman. Okay, and they like just loved food, and so they kind of like just went down the rabbit hole. And they make really good stuff. Like it's yeah. super fucking good. Um, they used to have like a wasabi sauce that they stopped making like 10 years ago and I've been pretty bummed ever since, but all their shit's delicious. You should wow. try it. Soy vey. All right. Soy vey. Well, it's very good. <laughs> the name anyways, alone. Yeah. Anyways, so we'll, we'll, we, uh, <laughs> so fucking NFTs, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, well, that actually leads perfectly into the crypto scam of the week because there's, there's a couple of weird ones via the Philadelphia Inquirer, a South Philly based company that once pledged Enormous returns for investors turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. That's right, no folks. No way! No way! No way! <laughs> Fuck! They got me again! Fuck! The wallet inspector got him again. God! God! Damn it! Fuck! Son of a bitch! Yeah, every it's time. fucking got me again! <laughs> I thought the wallet chain would help! No, it didn't. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I know, shocking as it is. V bit yeah, V bit technologies. It was a Bitcoin mining venture uh, launched by a and this again, this is the Philadelphia Inquirer. This is not my text here. Launched by a flamboyant Philadelphia entrepreneur, and then of course it all came crashing down. So I mean, if you look up the definition of Ponzi scheme, 
this was it. I mean, they had the whole vertical integration, the the multi-level marketing, getting people in your downline. Every single iteration of the concept of a Ponzi scheme. And the worst part of it all is that these people still live in South Philly. So, (laughs) as we say this from St. Louis. Hey, now. So... (laughs) Nobody, nobody uh, beats up my little brother but me. That's how that goes. So, <laughs> packages started at two thousand four hundred forty-three dollars. All right. So they would, they would buy a mining computer and some hosting services. They were uh, free to withdraw it or let it accumulate, which of course most of them would do. Right. This company basically was the stand-in. They said, "Well, yeah." pay us and we'll host your mining in our facility which of course is how they You're kind of like leasing that hash power yeah that's right for when uh, you collect that hash power yeah mm-hmm. and, and bitcoin or ethereum or whatever doge mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of operations like this mm-hmm. most of them oddly enough are typically uh kind of legit i think genesis mining is the big one right but in this space, it's really hard to know who's what legit. legitimacy is, yeah. since everything's so opaque and weird and all of that. But this sounds like like what you're talking about was this thing that was very popular like a year ago. Nodes. Have you heard about this? Yeah, that was that was one where if I, if I remember correctly, it was like you were leveraging other. It was like you were crowdsourcing mining capability wasn't that the sort of yeah um like the the most popular one is a project now uh called strong Mm. and they had a thing where uh strong node cost i think it was 10 tokens 10 strong all right and it was i think actual authenticator node for something uh maybe avalanche maybe ftm i can't remember okay but it was that you would generate X amount of strong per node and you would never have assess uh, your emissions. You're, you would never stop gaining. Gotcha. And so strong went from about $500 a token January to, I think now it's trading under $10 Yeesh. and because they, they cut the emissions. So every strong node can only, I can only produce so many amounts of strong or stronger, which is now their chain link. And I get the feeling that the people behind strong or stronger or whatever they want to call themselves are probably going to face a big fat lawsuit. Um, Cause it sounds like it, they've, they've made it a Ponzi instead of an investment. Brian, what if I told you that I needed $17,000 in the next two hours? What's up, dude? <laughs> That was my ham-fisted segue into our main topic today. <laughs> oh, oh, what's what's I haven't I haven't checked the uh, Google Doc. What are we doing today? Is this uh, today we're going to talk about the notorious failure before there was Firefest, before there were anything like that. There was DashCon. Oh, DashCon. Uh, hey, so, remember? Hey, kids, remember Tumblr? Yes. When you can see some titties on it and cyberbully someone in the suicide because they didn't dye their hair the right color. Well, I had a convention and it fucking cratered into the ground like the plane that didn't hit the White House. It went to shit. Flight 93, the experience. (laughs) Boy, let me tell you, if me and my family were at that festival, (laughs) it wouldn't have gone down like that. It wouldn't have gone down like that. (laughs) 
Jesus, dude. All right, so <laughs> I got enough problems, and I got to get Mark Wahlberg on my ass. So I would have made him burgers. There would be a lot of blood in that ball pit. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Uh, what's DashCon? So let me give you the breakdown. So DashCon uh, was originally called TumbleCon. Mm-hmm. But the company that owned Tumblr at the time, which was not Yahoo, uh, said no. And so, mm-hmm. and so the organizers had to rename it, of course, DashCon, uh, named after the Tumblr dashboard. Uh-huh. When you log into Tumblr, the first yeah. thing you see your animated porn GIFs yep. and Taylor Momsen fan cams. And yep. I just really hit... Right on the head. Yeah. yeah that, that was it. I think, I think call-outs... Mm-hmm. Cyberbullying. People Who. people always like say Kiwi Farms was like the the biggest cyberbullying you know enclave on the internet. Uh, I would say Tumblr might have been the OG. Yeah. As far as just like I people targeted harassment. Targeted harassment, gang stalking, social engineering. So I guess it it kind of makes sense that the one only like real convention catered to its audience <laughs> was just an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> Absolute shit show. So the owners of the DashCon LLP, so they actually did uh, create a limited liability partnership, uh-huh. uh, which is good because they needed to legally indemnify themselves, which will come up later. July 11th, 12th, 13th in 2014 at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center Hotel in beautiful Schomburg, Illinois. Schomburg, Illinois. Isn't it like south of Chicago? Yeah, it's right outside of the... Uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't get... Uh Lombard couldn't get Lombard couldn't get Lombard's Rosemont a too upstate no couldn't get Rosemont too close to the airport <laughs> so because you know, some of their users can't go within 500 anyway no, I, I get yeah. it okay so I get it this is good this is good I'm getting there so this is nice yeah among the guests originally scheduled to attend actor Doug Jones uh, if you're familiar with all the different movies that he's been in with Guillermo del Toro and, okay. and he, he's uh, kind of a big deal um, so Doug Jones was supposed to be there the cast of Welcome to Night Vale was going to do a live oh, show. Oh, gosh. Speaking of stuff white people like. Yeah, right? Don't, I like Night Vale. Stop that. But anyway. <laughs> I uh, I am also as white as the driven snow. I get that. But the, come yeah. on. There were going to be panels. It was going to be three days. It was going to be this thing. And there were going to have all these people. And almost immediately, as soon as it started, there were signs of trouble. Mm-hmm. The capacity was quite different than they expected so attending dashcon costs you about 45 dollars for first a all, single day for first of all that's a that's a pretty cheap ticket yeah for a convention um, yeah for a convention even if it's a small one mm-hmm. how many days was it supposed to run it's supposed to run three days it's friday saturday sunday uh, i mean anything under 50 like yeah you're already you're already digging yourself a hole as far as recouping or at least making back enough that as a promoter or someone putting it on that you don't feel like you fucked yourself. Well, especially because you're paying people like Night Vale to perform. You're paying, you know, uh, these, these actors for their appearance fees. You're, you're paying for their hotel room. You're paying for this. You're paying for that. This 45 bucks. Because how much is how much is a day of Lollapalooza? General admission is anywhere between 95 and 135, depending on the year. Okay. But that's per day. That's per day. See, you, know, like you look at that like up front that kind of seems like a lot of money and then in some ways yes it legitimately is you you see what you get going to Lollapalooza mm-hmm. like the year that me and you we went and oh, covered yeah. like that was that was every day was stacked yep there's been some Lollapalooza since then where I'm like yeah I'm I'm okay not covering <laughs> could, that could, could have missed that one yeah yeah but there's also been some where I'm like 
oh shit this is sick mm-hmm. like, this is a really good lineup because right there a 45 dollar ticket and you're mm-hmm. trying to get something like night vale it already sounds like you're spreading yourself way too thin and and granted this was before night vale was as big a deal as it is it was starting to be a big deal Right at that time, yeah. It was about, you know, Fink and Craner had kind of gotten to that point where like, okay, we're really starting to get some attention. This is like MA3 before that City is My Church song. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, so they, they initially got four grand uh, via Indiegogo to do this, which was a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, a full weekend pass, by the way, would only run you 65 for three days. Again, panels and all that. Yeah, it's, it seems it's, very cheap. That's um that shows that they didn't I feel like they didn't have faith in what they were doing or didn't understand how to make something successful. Well, exactly. And then on Friday night, first night, 9 p.m., the organizers claim that because of a sudden change of plans with hotel staff, they had to raise $17,000 in an hour or it was shut down completely. Amazing. Uh, n- not only amazing, but... How? Like seventeen thousand dollars. Seventeen thousand dollars. What were they? What ha- What happened? What did they say happened? Even to this day, we're still not one hundred percent sure because a lot of these people have kind of gone quiet, disappeared, disappeared. So they did release an official statement several days later that essentially put the onus on the organizers that we were unprepared. You know, there was yeah. mismanagement, misinformation clerical errors but it also talked about the $17,000 so they included a a scan of the bill they had paid the 4,000 from Indiegogo mm-hmm. well the total bill was 21,000 and that's for the convention space that's for all the rooms they got mm-hmm. and that's for all this stuff so basically they had expected that ticket sales and all this other stuff would recoup what they owed the hotel before Friday even kicked off. They, of course, were wrong. Yeah. And the hotel said, you know what? Rather than wait till Sunday for our money, we'd like it now. So both yeah. both things are, are a little weird. I, I've not really heard of that in a convention sense, that you would have to suddenly fork over seventeen grand. That, to me, seems a little odd. It does. Maybe, maybe whoever was in charge of doing events or whatever was kind of feeling iffy, which I understand. Uh, yeah, was low. like, yeah, why you know why put all that labor in your staff, put the stress of having a convention in your in your hotel, in your hotel's event space, and not know if you're going to have money at the end of the weekend. I I mean, if if I was that guy, I would be like, hey, hey there. Yeah, guy in the rainbow dash shirt. Uh, I'm going to need to see some more money. And right. also, uh, bad on the promoters mm-hmm. for because I bet if they had gone on that Indiegogo mm-hmm. and said we need 15k or we need 20k, they probably could have got it. That's like the it. thing that kind of kills me is like at that point in time, if they had per- per- done it right, mm-hmm. could have gotten it. But I'm guessing. That that is just for the the hotel they're paying. That's correct. And that has nothing to do with all the talent and the people they've brought in. That is correct. And actually, Friday night, the cast of Night Vale uh, decided they were going to walk. They said, you know what? Good on them. Yeah, good on them because uh, they're the only ones that come out of this looking okay. Mm Because they they said, you know what? 
um, we see the writing on the wall. We see this is disaster incoming. We're out. We probably also didn't get paid for this. I imagine. I imagine they didn't. I'm get yeah. Any money. You know, at that point, if when you're in the bad situation like that, and the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you had to eat the price of a plane ticket. I'd rather take that than than really sit fuck, there for fuck up your image <laughs> you know deal with a bullshit weekend and all that like yeah, yeah you're eating 72 hours in 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 a suburb of chicago it, it feels really shitty so uh yeah yeah i've been in the suburbs of chicago man that feels like if you think like o'fallon feels like a wasteland <laughs> yeah like the suburbs of chicago feel like this is there's no culture mad max zone it's yeah. it's just it's like what have you ever been like Dallas Fort Worth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how like some of that like the sprawl of it, mm-hmm. it's like that, but in Chicago, but there's more trees, right? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, there was also the Baker Street Babes who was uh, who was, and I'm I'm kind of shaking my head as I read this. The Baker Street Babes, can you guess what the Baker Street Babes were, Brian? They baked? No, uh, they were an all female Sherlock Holmes podcast. Uh, yeah, psychic damage is happening, right? <laughs> oh, my head hurts. And it's not from the fact that I had my flu and my COVID, my flu shot, my COVID booster today. It's This sounds like shit that he would do at Gitmo. <laughs> so, well, all he's missing is like an improv. Well, I'm sure there was that too. It's just they didn't make the headlines. So, <laughs> yeah. So Welcome to the Night Vale did actually uh, get put up for the night in a local Airbnb, so thankfully they didn't have to like get on a plane and go back home. Mm-hmm. But they just said, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna do this. Organizers <clears throat> didn't tell the assembled crowd about Welcome to Night Vale not showing until like right when their sh- their live show was about to start. Mm. So then they were offering tickets to a raffle of various autographed collectibles, autographed by whom. But also, you know, admissions to a concert with the Chicago-based Doctor Who-inspired rock band Time Crash. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to gauge this facial expression you're making. (laughs) This sounds terrible, Brian. Hey, Brian, what hear about the worst convention ever? (laughs) So here, here's this part two where you had to listen to bad chiptune remixes of Mega Man songs while a guy with a lazy eye put bamboo shoots under your fingernails. Yeah, but was welcome to Night Vale there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, what about bitch was welcome to Night Vale there? Yeah. <laughs> so the the funniest part and the part that kind of became infamous about this show of show about this convention was that not only did they offer them a ticket to a raffle for autographed collectibles, again autographed by whom I don't know, or tickets for. Again, the Doctor Who-themed rock band. And an extra hour in the the ball ball pit. pit. That's right. The infamous ball pit. Even if you don't know anything about DashCon, chances are... You've seen... Chances are you've seen this. (laughs) You've seen this. It is the saddest looking... Maybe five, it doesn't even five look like by it's in five. Like, it doesn't even look like it's in the ballroom of the convention area. It's just like right. the the room where they put all the bullshit like where they put the chairs yeah the the, the storage area yeah it's on a concrete floor it's a it's a blue inflatable ball pit and it doesn't look longer than like six by six and it's just this like tiny tiny and so an extra hour in the ball pit which of course led to our good friends over at 4chan and several other places to go mess with the ball pit by doing things like 
going up to the people in it and and asking them to you know to say free Palestine or you know or or urinating or starting a rumor that someone had pissed in the ball. Ah, uh, classic. Yeah. So it's once 4chan got a hold of it, it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, the emergency seventeen thousand dollar fundraiser, which bafflingly enough, they were able to raise the money. What the fuck? Yeah, they were able to get that money. So, so what happened from there? From there, it was just a sad, pathetic excuse of a, a convention. Most people kind of got bored by the second day. I don't think anyone was left by Sunday. Saturday was an unmitigated disaster because a lot of the guests didn't, you know, had had already pulled out. The, yeah, the artists row people were just kind of sitting there. There, what is there to do? It's <laughs> you've got three days in a hotel ballroom in Schaumburg, Illinois. What what is there left if there isn't the big ticket? You know the big names. Welcome. Uh, well, shit, man. You've got the Doctor Who themed rock band, <laughs> which is crash. really cool. Uh, Did I ever tell you how much I hate Doctor Who? No, you have not. So uh, I was having a business lunch one time at a bar in st louis a very popular bar mm. and the guy i was having the lunch with had no idea about doctor who like guy mm. was fairly nerdy in some respects but had no idea about doctor who and i just as we were leaving the bar i said something about like yeah you know fucking doctor who fans are the worst and a guy sitting at the bar turns around and goes actually i'm a huge doctor who fan and i and i have opinions on that and he talked at us oh for five minutes straight about how good Doctor Who is. And I remember walking out of the bar with the individual I was having lunch with. And he goes, God, that's some nerd shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. And I, mean, I, I think how Jay Freeman of uh, I, Own a, I Don't Own a Television podcast would put, once put Doctor <laughs> Who. Oh, JF. Yes. Yes. Uh, was that Doctor Who fans are for people that like to pat themselves on the back for memorizing parts of the encyclopedia. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that's pretty apt. Uh, well, as someone who actually does enjoy Doctor Who, I'm just going to let that one slide because you know what? Not a lot of, you know, not everything's for everybody. Taste is subjective, but also you're wrong. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so... I'm just going to leave that there. So one of the statements that they made after the fact, this was like four or five days later, they said originally they had worked out a plan to pay over the course of the weekend using money from walk-in expenses. Then one of the administrators was, quote, unexpectedly pulled into a meeting with higher level hotel staff and told they had to come up with the full sum or shut down the event. Yeah. Which, like we said, hotel staff understandably got a little squirrely when they saw the attendance numbers yeah and so if it looked like it looked if it looked like it was a healthy attendance i'm sure you know the hotel folks probably was like you know what yeah let's just let this ride we'll get we'll sell up on thursday near in the day or sell up on sunday near end of day yeah which that makes sense because from a business standpoint you're not going to have your ballroom taken up for three days or any of the public spaces because you got to realize some of these tumblr fans they're dressed in costume mm-hmm. and some of the costumes are a little weird and so you've got regular hotel guests there oh i've i've been to a bad small time uh anime convention which i can talk about later yeah um so i know exactly the vibe you're talking about we still i i think really don't know 100 percent why because people 
who were there or people who have been following this story, there's two strains of thought. One is that the last minute fundraiser was a scam. There's a great video by internet historian who breaks down like, well, $17,000 and and goes through line by line and all this stuff. And then some people who, you know, say it was a, a, just a bad idea, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. I'm of the scam mindset because we were just talking about crypto, but also just because I'm a cynic and I think everyone has their worst, you know, my worst interests at heart. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go with scam. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we are talking about people that came people that came from Tumblr. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible that they were just so naive and over their head, like the average Tumblr user right. at that time, that they they just fucked up. Yeah, I uh, it, it is is one of those things that all you can do is laugh. I mean, you really can because um, <laughs> Dashcon tried again. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, so the organizers um, rebranded called themselves emoticon and they were oh, yeah. and they were going to uh, they were going to do a convention in indianapolis they made a web page emoticon was supposed to be held in the same venue that the second dashcon was originally supposed to be held on so dashcon 2015 canceled emoticon 2015 same place same time i've been to indianapolis I have. We actually uh, we we just got back oh, a couple weeks right. ago yeah man that is one of the ugliest sports stadiums i've ever seen I don't know. I thought it was kind of neat. It's, it's, just, like, just, it's just like a giant. It looks like a what if a Home Depot had football inside of it? No, it's great. It's because <laughs> it's like so ostentatiously ugly. It's almost it's like brutalism. like, I, like people in Indianapolis a, are really nice. I like going to Indianapolis. But it's like so my driving. I go, God damn. <laughs> it's like it's like the Royals having that really nice stadium. The Royal Stadium is nice. I, I will give you this. The it's Royal really Stadium nice. is really nice. It looks I don't gorgeous. know if I want to see the Royals play in it most seasons. I think, I, I, yeah, I think at a certain point you're not going for the for the team. You're actually just going to go to this cool stadium. Uh, you, I mean, I think the Royals have actually become a pretty good team over the last like, decade or so. But uh, it reminds me of in Home Improvement, there's a Tim Allen joke about him having season tickets for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> And the whole thing is not to see the Detroit Lions; it's to see the other teams beat the Detroit Lions. Like, I had a lot of people who were fans of the Detroit Tigers tell me a similar story that they, they, they you know what? I didn't really go to see the the Tigers themselves play. I got to see. Yeah, I wanted to see. I wanted to see the Padres. <laughs> just absolutely the Padres out of all all of all clubhouses. <laughs> Florida Marlins take this, them down. This, a this fucking the game was over by the end of the second. People were leaving at the fifth to beat. Rush hour yeah, traffic. That's right. Yeah, because <laughs> they knew eh, seventh inning stretch. This is all over. Oh, jeez. So Emoticon, same group of people. Well, two thirds of the same group of people in Indianapolis. But of course, Emoticon canceled. Official Tumblr account citing quote personal financial and safety issues. <laughs> yeah, I would be. Uh, I would have eyes on the back of my head if I put together Dashcon. I'm just uh, say have a fire festival. I mean, that guy just got out of jail. For God's sake, did he just get out of jail? Yeah, Billy just got out of jail. That's a whole other story for another time. We're gonna we'll, we'll do fire festival in a future show. Sure, Garen it because the the p- sad pathetic cheese sandwich alone is worth a couple minutes of us guffawing into a microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've made some struggle sandwiches in my life. Like that tired, was. hungover, <laughs> too lazy to go to the grocery store. Like you know what. I got some horseradish mustard, <laughs> some Takis, and two pieces of bread. I'm going to make this work. 
I got a, a half a <laughs> got some brown Schweiger that's literally sweating on the fucking plate here, just just looking like pestilence itself, uh, quivering. It's it's got life in it, baby. I live, I die, I live again, and uh, I got a dinner roll from Red Lobster that's about as hard as a cement rock, perfect for a knockout game. And I'm taking my hardiest knife. <laughs> And it's to the point where sawing, and it's the kind that's got the big teeth for the bread. Yeah. I can't even, I got to put my body weight onto it. <laughs> Leaning on the counter, I can hear the cabinetry getting stressed. It's just, just like that kind of struggle food. Oof. And even that, nowhere near as awful as that damn sandwich looked to the fire Festival. Oh my God. The sandwich is, what a pathetic thing. Pathetic. Yeah. So uh, that's Dash Con. Yep. Have you ever been to an anime convention? I have. I went to Anime Central in uh, Rosemont, Illinois. Oh. Uh, that was where I first met a, um, a young lady by the name of Tiffany Grant. She uh, was the ADV voice actor who played Asuka Langley-Shoryu in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh! Um, I also got to meet, uh, let's see, Monica Rial was there that weekend. She's many voices uh, with the ADV uh, crew. Let's see. The character animator for Cowboy Bebop was there. I got a Cowboy Bebop DVD signed. Oh, that's um, really neat. That was a really fun con. There were some really cool panels. Um, I got to see this great band um, cover a bunch of anime songs in like a emo punk thing because that was around the time it was like 2003. That sounds like a nice time because the anime convention I went to yeah. was... You know what? It was like one of those things when people talk about Dash Con, I think about this anime convention. Wait, was, this, was this Archon? No, this was Natsukan. Oh, Natsukan. I have heard stories about Natsukan. I went yeah. to the first Natsukan. I still have an all-day badge <laughs> that someone just gave me, um, even though I had one day. So, like, the chick I was dating at the time was really cool, and she was in the anime. She was like, let's go to this thing. And I'm like, okay. So, it was at an airport. Oh, God. Not even a Hilton. It was like really god it's not even there anymore i mean it's it's not been open for like five years sure and we um it's like where that really good indian place used to be i remember yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah and um close to the airport close to lambert airport Mm -hmm. right there so me and her we go to this thing and she's dressed like a cat girl and i'm dressed (laughs) like a guy that's just a fly on the wall and she's having a lot of fun talking like all the other nerdy people i'm like also just like talking to like the nerdy people who are just there because like there's significant others in the cosplay or wants to see this panel uh. and like and like it's nice but like it feels like very low rent mm-hmm. to get from like ballroom side where they're having like the cosplay competitions and stuff and getting to like the conference room side where they're having like panels mm-hmm. on different animes or like there was a hentai panel and a 4chan panel which was <laughs> a 4chan <laughs> panel yeah it was really weird there was a guy um, who was sucking on a dick-shaped lollipop that called me out and said that I was an infiltrator from something awful. <laughs> it was really fucking weird. But you but kind of were, so I that's suppose. It. <laughs> I suppose. Um, I forgot probably the most unsettling thing in Natsukan. Okay. Was I was showing Mike and the girl I was dating, like, yeah, here's, like, the viewing room area. Like and like someone was like watching like Akira or Rama and a half or something. And it's just like five white dudes swaying through their shirts <laughs> and like a dark room with like a Panasonic twenty seven inch CRT TV <laughs> blasting. But the thing was to get 
to that room there was a central room mm. and in that room was about two dozen men watching a young woman in a Japanese schoolgirl outfit do the Harari dance in silence. Uh, okay. And boy, that's like one of those things like I feel like I got to bring up in therapy someday. It was like one of those things where like I remember holding I remember holding my girlfriend's hand very tightly being like we don't need to stop here. <laughs> like, we don't, I'm like fucking half blacked out just being right. like we don't we don't have to be here for this. Yeah, it felt like you were walking in on something that you weren't supposed to. Oh witness. yeah, it was yeah. totally, it's totally like going into the room at the house party and everyone's doing coke, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> I was thinking it's more, it's more like The Shining where you walk in on the guy in the bear suit blowing oh, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's just like, oh, this is there's something really deep. <laughs> dark and disturbing going on here i wasn't supposed to be here oh yeah no this is like this is like hey whatever y'all are doing is cool with me i would just like to live i am gonna go this way now oh it totally it totally felt like like some child trafficking shit was going on it was so like when i say there's absolute silence Mm -hmm. there's no music playing all i can hear all i remember hearing is just like the 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 rustling as her cl- of her the, clothes the as swishing. she's dancing, the swishing, the rustling, uh, and I was just like, "Man, this is this is fucked." Deeply uncomfortable. Deeply yeah. uncomfortable. Like, like it was like, uh, boy, I was trying to make like a Epstein joke, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's right there. So, little Saint James VCD, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's a bad joke. I, I look Epstein jokes are always going to get a, a, a go from me. So. Epstein didn't dub himself. <laughs> hey, 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 I got jokes, folks. Hey, hey. I'm tugging on my collar. I don't know if you can uh, see it, but uh, <laughs> with your fucking rockabilly mic, <laughs> don't you dare diss my mic, okay? See, uh, folks, I'm a sophisticated man. I'm using an Audix i5 condenser microphone, and my cohort here is using a Sure rockabilly mic. It's SH55, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, the the pattern and the resp- frequency response in those mics are actually very nice, but you do kind of look like a tool using it sometimes. <laughs> I, when, when he showed me this, I, I, I said, like, at least you don't have the LED mod. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've, I've seen, seen people, that. Well, yeah. uh, Johnny Saint had, I think I brought yeah. this up, I said, Johnny Saint had his... And Johnny Saint, like the only psychobilly rockabilly guy I know that I ever like took seriously as like a person and as a musician. <laughs> but he still had like uh still had the fucking LEDs in his fucking rockabilly mic. Had the fucking Pompadour, the Gretsch hollow body, everything. Uh, so that, what's the gross that, picture of the, the week? The gross picture of the week, folks is another classic from the Internet Archives. So classic that Google Images will not show it to me, and that's fine. Because What's it up is, with all these uh, waffles with blue food coloring in Oh, Oh, uh, that's right, folks. One of the many infamous, infamous shock images. Blue waffle. When the pussy go wrong. The pussy, it go away fucking wrong. I don't... Like all of a sudden, like you like you see that pussy, <laughs> you see that pussy, and you realize like I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> so, I've seen some pretty pussies in my life, and oh, I've yeah. seen some not so pretty pussies in my life. That's one of those pussies that like Doctor Oz needs to like do some reiki on. 
The the warm stone massage. <laughs> We're going to do uh, suction cups. We're going to pump your pussy. Yeah. We've talked about some of the classics on here. We've talked about Meat Spin and Tub Girl and Lemon Party. Blue Waffle, I think, is right up there with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Goatsy, you know, there's just there's kind of the greatest hits. And we're gonna hit a we're gonna hit up a couple of them. We're gonna we're gonna we're hit gonna a couple of them in the next couple of weeks. Plow but. them over like a stray cat on a dark street. Indeed. So, first of all, I want you to know this: Blue Waffle is a fake. It's not a real STI. Some people were trying to. Uh, is, is it? It's a real image, though. No. Wait. Yeah. So it's a. So everything I knew about stank pussy is wrong. Oh no, there is stank pussy, but it's just it doesn't look like that. So, <laughs> can I tell you a story about stank pussy, <laughs> Jason? Jason, my friend, my confidant, just just asking the question. You know I'm going to say yes. Tell me about the so, stank pussy for God's sake. I'll tell you something about stanky pussy. Tell so, me about it. So one time, did a favor for a promoter friend of mine and helped drive around some hip hop musicians that were in town, and these were some guys that are kind of fond of. And we went, got food, and they were hanging out with their buddy that was here from St. Louis, and it was really cool, like, eating food with these guys. They're not, like, really talking to me because I'm a white guy, and they're all not. But, like, they did talk to me about food and stuff like that, and, like, you know what it means to break bread. And I was like, it was kind of nice just, like, watching these friends, these musicians, like, interact with each other. And I'm giving them a ride to the venue, and one of the guys is, like... Hey, you still seeing such and such to one of the musicians? And the musician is like, ah, oh, man, like, man, she was cool, man, but she has smelly pussy. And the other guys are just kind of like, really? But she was like vegan. And all, and like, they're going all, because like, they're like those kind of dudes. They're like one of those guys, like, sagging your pants is a CIA op kind of <laughs> shit. You know, uh, no disrespect to them if you're figuring out who that might be. Right. Uh, um, I still love the dudes. It was still cool. But it was just like one of those things. I'm in my fucking beat up fucking Toyota mm-hmm. driving around musicians that I have loved since I was a teenager. And they're talking about stinky pussy yeah. in my car. And I just remember. The guy who's being asked about if he's still dating Sharice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Sharice, stinky pussy. I mean, I got out of that bed and it was just like, an, it was just, oh, it was everywhere. And one guy, and they're just, the other, the other music, everyone else in the car is just scandalized. They're like, really? Yeah. She was fine. They're like, oh, I'm not denying she's fine, brother. But she did, she ate, she ate right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yes, she did. And she did yoga. And uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she even had the water machine. Yep. And I didn't realize I had to get to, wait till I got to back to the venue. The water machine okay. was like one of those water alkalizers. Alkalizers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like eight hundred bucks on the Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And like I guess the pH levels of the pussy just never just got right. Never got right, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my stanky, stanky pussy. pussy story. It's just still even telling it to you right now is just what the fuck was my right. life back then? <laughs> what happened to me? What happened? Like, so. Why anyone? Why didn't anyone ever pull me aside and be like, "Son, are you sure this is the life you want to lead?" <laughs> He's Driving like, yeah. around these rappers and their stories about the stanky pussy. And be like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, sir. Listen. I've got a homeless shelter, and I run a television station. I got a farm out in Farmington. Right, you can come work out. Blue Waffle dot net. By the way, if it's still up, somebody 
Somebody so, pays to maintain this site. Of, of a, I mean, at this point, why wouldn't you? Official Blue Waffle merchandise coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> the Blue Waffle. Oh. Ah, there it is. Oh. So the, the Blue Waffle NFT. It looks uh, like something from The Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> it does look Joel! like. Joel! <laughs> like that guy when you're when you're when you're going through the tunnel in Boston and he had like the filing cabinet fall on him and his mask is like I can smell it. It smells so bad. And there's still spores in the air though because of the stuff pussy, that added, yeah. the stinky pussy spores. So the, the um, I, I don't recommend that you that you view the blue waffle image uh, if you've recently eaten. That's probably not a good thing because even though it is. Anything fake. at this point, I mean, because even though it is fake, it is distressing. It is a close-up of a a, a labia majora labia the the, the entire uh, the whole outer, deal the whole deal. Um, really gruesome close-up, and it looks like there's you know um kind of an extended meatus there, and it just it, it there's there's well there's blue goo, and and just some real disturbing anatomical irregularities that's really what it is about the image you look at it and you know that there's something wrong and you can't and it, it provokes a visceral reaction i think that's what really did it, it tub girl is almost funny in comparison because it's just like oh that's a fountain of shit but this is yeah. like this is like wow that's you need Vile. medical attention <laughs> feeling for this person yeah well, thankfully, to 2011. It took them until 2011 to debunk this. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't. I can't imagine like working at Snopes and, and just like some guy. So is uh, like, hey, all the we got. We just gotta stop bullying trans kids for a bit here. Yeah, we got business uh, to take care. We gotta take care. We gotta get. Listen, this blue waffle situation. <laughs> it's gotta be done. It's gotta be over with. So uh, Planned Parenthood also got in on the on the act there in 2012, saying, "Yeah, it's fake." Um, what a time to be alive when Planned Parenthood had the resources and the the time <laughs> to comment on a shock internet image that had been around for a while at that point. It wasn't like it was new, you know, because the, the like I remember seeing that on Cloud Ten or something like a very early like EN blog. Yeah, I mean, the, the sources I'm reading are saying anywhere between 2006 and 2010, as okay. far as an origin. Maybe I'm thinking about a different gross pussy photo. But there but could that have seems been wrong. many. It seems like it's been out. It seems like I it's been around like for I longer. Saw, I feel like I saw that in the days of dial-up. Yeah, but then that could have been something else. You may be right. I think we're having that Mandela effect. Like someone where, like laying in the hallway. Oh and yeah, just no. having a really yeah, it's just not very flattering. Yeah, I think that may, yeah, I think that was something different because this is. I mean, it looks like blue food coloring. I mean, there's just some. They rub some of that blue Heinz ketchup yeah. on the pussy. <laughs> Maybe kids will eat it now. <laughs> they got that. Uh, uh, let's see, 2008. So Avatar wasn't out yet. I couldn't say that that Nick <laughs> the Jake Sully came in it or whatever. I, what a terrible. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Uh, well, I don't know about you, but... Uh, you ready for the breath mint? I am so ready for the breath mint. So I recently picked up a copy of a really great manga adaptation of a novel. If you've ever seen the movie Edge of Tomorrow... I know about it. You know about it. So it's Tom Cruise vehicle. He uh, He's a guy who's fighting an alien, and the alien bleeds on him, and he gets trapped in a time loop Groundhog Day style. It's really good, actually. Oh, it's great. So the movie that that is was based on a novel called all you need is kill mm -hmm. 
So there was a great manga adaptation came out a couple of years back and uh, Viz Media c- uh, got the rights to it, translated it and put out a really nice soft cover paperback. It's a really great translation. The art is gorgeous. The art is almost detailed, kind of like how um, in Akira, those, those really intricately detailed scenes mm-hmm. and how they've got this real depth of it. And um, Otomo and Morbius and like those real, uh-huh. those real fine detailed sci-fi mecha stuff too mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. all the suits and all the monsters and all that. So it has a nice crisp look to it. There's a, it's a great translation. I highly recommend it if you have any interest in time loops or, you know, alien horror. And it ends very differently than the than the cruise film. Mm-hmm. They actually changed a lot of the second half yeah. of the book to kind of fit in this very different narrative they were going for with the Tom Cruise movie. So yes, all you need is kill. Either find the novel itself or the manga adaptation. Highly recommend both of them because there's this great ending to it. And it's almost like it sets itself up for a sequel, which will never come. Mm-hmm. It's just that this guy's fight continues. You know, it's like right. This 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 person is going to exist outside of the purview of this literature or classic. this manga. It's yeah. a it's a great structure. But there's a the, the opening line of the the book is I wanted to ask you about the green tea. Is it true that that it's free in the restaurants? My name is Rita Vransky. I'll stay with you till you die. And then it like then and then that's the title page and then the next page. So hmm. so you've got a great hook right away because you don't even see the intro the first time. So you you catch up with these characters the first time he dies. Okay. And then, and then he's like, "Wow, that was a weird dream I had about dying." And so it's not immediately apparent to him until at least the sixth or seventh loop that he goes, "Okay, this is no longer coincidence. This keeps happening. I'm not dreaming. It shares a lot of that structure with some other time time loop stuff that's done before, but he starts writing on his hand which loop he's in." And so without doing the repetition of him waking up throughout the book, you just see the number on his hand. So it's a small detail, but it kind of worms its way. And you're like, oh, oh, that says like 168. We're, we're way into it now. So I just like the way it was presented, too. It's just gorgeous. That sounds pretty cool. I'll have yeah. to check that out. I mm-hmm. have been playing through Resident Evil 4. Oh. Um, for the first time, probably, I don't know, almost 20 years. Does it hold up? It does. It holds up well. The port that's on Xbox Live, which is where I purchase it through, kind of sucks dick. I've just really, I'm thinking I'm just going to stop buying ports on Xbox Live. Yeah. Because, like, Time Splitters 2, one of my favorite games when I was in high school, sucks. What's uh, what's up with these ports? What's what's going on with them? Um, it's that the they don't recalibrate the controls for a modern Xbox controller. Huh. So there's, like, Time Splitters 2, like, when you uh, click to do your manual aiming, you're using your right thumbstick to do that. But it's also inverted, which you can't fix, mm. and it's way too fucking sensitive. So it's just like, uh, you know, part Dude. of the fun of playing Time Splitters 2 is like being stealthy when you can be stealthy, doing all the headshots or the groin shots or whatever. And you just can't have that level of accuracy. And it just doesn't play as smooth as it did uh, on GameCube or PS2. With Resident Evil 4, like, it's fine, except you can't really use the left analog stick. There's lots of huge dead spots for like Mm. when you run like if you want to run to the right 
the dead spot if you're pressed up against the edge of the uh the travel the dead spot comes way sooner than it should like the dead spot hmm. for turning should probably be after when you have the analog stick like almost completely right and up yeah. but it's like not it's probably like 75 percent shorter than it should be that feels so, frustrating yeah so i'm just using the d-pad and using digital controls and it's not as smooth as i like it i mean the aiming actually is really fine i don't know which version it's a port of it's mm-hmm. cleaned up well enough but the thing about the re4 port uh i think it's an hd is that there's still like cutscenes that look really compressed because they're not in game engine and the process i did for high rising the textures is not even oh. so you'll have like a wall texture that's high res and looks really good and clean and like a table in front of it, it looks like it's from a PSX game. <laughs> it's really bizarre. And so I it's think consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the big things that people have done with the PC version of Resident Evil 4 is doing HD texture packs, which like what people used to do with like Half-Life 2 and stuff for many years. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really fun. Uh, I think it holds up really well. I'm looking forward to the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, what I was about to say. I was about to ask about that. Uh, as long as they don't do what they did with Resident Evil 3 remake. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't care like, for that one. I didn't yeah. like that. The Resident Evil 2 remake was like, oh, you've taken a game that I absolutely love, and you've actually made it better. Yeah, and warts uh, and all. I mean, there were still some some weird issues, but that was structurally due to how the game was. So yeah, that, so really, because I came back to the Resident Evil Two remake after playing through seven and eight. Yeah, so seven was really reinvigorating. It you know it, it went from third person to first person. Had a really creepy atmosphere. Everything felt just. Like they cranked up what made Resident Evil good, and it took out a lot of the stuff that was frustrating. And I said, "Okay, this is really cool. This is really good." They kind of took a couple steps backward with eight because eight really felt like a spiritual sequel to four. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about eight. I definitely had fun with it, but I don't I think that's all you can ask yeah. for a Resident Evil game. It's a but fun the game. like mercenaries mode kind of sucked the big titty mommy Dracula woman is not in it enough. Like she's really interesting. Her daughters are really interesting. Right. That could and, have been a whole game right there. Yeah. And it should have been in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think there was some lost opportunities and the guy, uh, Heisenberg, who's like a Nicholas cage type, like he's fun, <laughs> but he's also not in it enough, but his area is also probably the most tedious part oh, of the game. But the elevators and the thing and the, and then yeah. it's a giant mech battle at the end. Like what the hell had just happened? The mech battle was fun, at least, but sure. like it just uh, it was so out of place with the it rest. Felt of so it. weird, like because up to like the weird fish guy was fun. Sure, because that was an interesting way of kind of traversing a level, and then you change the water level, and then it's different. And, like you've kind of unlocked terrain, and you got this interesting yeah. concept going, and and you also have a little bit of lore with with him and his relationship to his mother, and all this stuff, and like mm-hmm. so there's a there's a through line there and it's interesting story-wise but it's also kind of neat gameplay but then you get to the heisenberg thing you're like this is an abandoned factory how many goddamn times have i done an abandoned factory in a video game and it's not even and like in resident evil 4 it usually does or resident not resident evil 4 but resident evil in general usually does abandoned factories pretty good pretty well 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably, this one was just okay. Yeah. Like this is okay. <laughs> and like the enemies you fight aren't bad or anything. It's just, it could have been better. There's too goddamn many of them to be honest. Yeah. I, mean, was, I think what got me was not having enough fun with these interesting characters they created. And, um, there's just too many. It was Spider-Man three syndrome. They crammed too many good villains into a, into a, a single product. Yeah. Cause you, like you were saying, Lady Demis, I'm, I always say it wrong. A big booby mommy uh, could have been her own game on and of its own, and it yeah. kind of felt like and all the, the ads the, were telling. I think you. probably the highlight though is like the marionette ladies. Yeah, that was, that was that was like a gimmick fight that wasn't really like. I loved it. I, I like no, it was, well, my, even on my second playthrough, I'm like, this still is fucking freaking me the fuck out. And I think that's where a lot of people when Resident Evil Eight came out were like, hey, the big mommy milker gothly is fun, <laughs> but the next shit, no one wanted to spoil it for each other on Twitter, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. You see, everyone's like, no, listen, like that shit's cool, but after that, you get to like the really cool, the probably the coolest part of the game. Yeah, the the baby one is that the one? Yeah. Oh, oh. fuck, man, that shit's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, that was like, gosh, as someone that doesn't want to have children, I can't imagine <laughs> being chased by a giant baby thingy <laughs> and um, then devour you too. Yeah, that's the yeah. Resident Evil Two Remake was super good. Mm. I liked Resident Evil Seven. I haven't beat it yet, but um, why well, did play it? I really enjoyed. Mm. Resident Evil 3 Remake, I felt like it was very rushed. It didn't have a concise uh, vision. And it took what was really, I think, one of the most interesting numbered Resident Evil games and make it like feel like a weird expansion. Uh, there's a- you know what's also really fucking weird? It has that live-action intro, right? Oh, yeah. That, did you... Yeah. <laughs> I, I posted about this, and no one else has ever picked up on it. Like I thought that was one of those things where like, Kotaku was going to write about this or yeah. some bullshit. But in that live action intro, they use footage from the Ferguson uh, uprising. Yeah. You can see St. Louis County PD SWAT officers because I know that lighting because I saw it many nights in a sure. row. And I'm like, yeah, that's on West Florissant. That's Jeez. probably from like August or November 2014. And like, it's really fucking weird. Like, I posted about it, and, like, no one. I don't up think anybody it. wants to touch that and then like say, hey, Capcom was uh, being really weird about that. You know, like they, they yeah. don't want to rock the boat. Well, or it used to be like if you wanted to have like live archival footage for like 28 days later or something like that or, um, you know, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Well, well, we can just see what uh, American imperialism and British imperialism has done to Africa and Asia in the last 30 years. And we can use footage from that. Did I tell you about the warehouse job? <laughs> no, but I see no way of stopping it. <laughs> so, a million years ago, I worked this Sheila warehouse job repackaging uh, discontinued car parts for discontinued vehicles that were greased up, but they were going to be melted down for scrap. I remember one time one of these boxes just like exploded on me, and I looked at the paperwork, and it was like a front strut for like a 92 Azuzu Ninja. <laughs> Which is like one of those things where, like, for some fucking weirdo, that's probably like something they the spend. Holy like, Grail, yeah, yeah, they spend like five hundred bucks on that. But that guy probably doesn't have the internet anymore, yeah. like, or isn't allowed near schools. <laughs> you know, like that guy. That guy is someone we don't want to hunt down because you know, then we become an accessory to a crime right. somewhere down the line because we sold him the strut. But um, the guy who was running it, his son, was kind of a fuck up. And uh, what I loved about his son, his son had a St. Louis Cardinals logo tattooed on his bicep, 
but it was mirrored. Okay. So it was like he was. So it wasn't. So the thing is, if you looked in the mirror, Mm -hmm. it looked correct. Right. But if you saw it on his, like if I, like if I was looking at you and you Mm -hmm. had it how it was on your arm, I'd be like, hey, bro, your fucking tattoo's backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just like real, like fucking St. Charles dipshit. Like, like, uh, for people who don't understand St. Louis, uh, St. Charles. St. Charles is like the Dundalk of St. Louis area. It's kind it's of the, like it's kind of like where the enlightened dipshits live. Yeah, it's kind of like the people there have money but no sense. No class. Yeah. It's like people that have like a little bit of money. It's um the nouveau riche, the new the nouveau riche, new but money. like it's like the like the first wave of white flight from North County right. usually ended up as soon in as they St. Can Charles. It, they're out. On there. the other side of the old uh, Missouri River there on 70 or Oh yeah, just like with my job going into the like these houses were like it's like yeah this house probably costs like two mil and it looks like shit. It looks like shit. Yeah, and I've been like some houses that cost like that amount of money, and you're like talking to the guy, and you're like this house is sick, man. And you're just like, yeah, you know, like we did this, we want to make sure like the kids could be here, you know, and you know, got to think about like you know we're young, so like the grandkids and like they have like this idea this house is going to be a home mm-hmm. not an investment ah. and like they have forethought and you're like yeah okay like whatever like it kind of like capitalism still fucking sucks but i guess you're not being the worst part of it yeah i mean <laughs> like it's one thing to do generational wealth and it's another thing to have like a, a bad fucking taste there we go yes exactly i've Thank been you. i've been in some houses where you're just like <laughs> fuck you're both doctors right like this sucks um anyways <laughs> i don't trust you to put in a a, a you, kitchen you, nook much less to operate on me I've, I've i could tell you stories off but yeah saint charles um ass motherfucker this guy <laughs> and him and his buddy who drove the most magnificent beat up 80s toyota pickup truck i've ever seen i wish i had taken photos of it, it was mm. Fucking like bumblebee yellow <laughs> had the fucking like A's like uh, pinstriping down the side. Mm. The tailgate probably hadn't been on that motherfucker for ten years. No. All this guy did on his spare time, like anytime we had break in work, like people would, like go to the bathroom, grab something to eat or whatever. He would sit on like a pallet on the edge of a pallet. Him and the uh, the dude's son, and just like look at videos of like dab rigs on Instagram. <laughs> just <laughs> why i don't know i no, think no, okay. i mean like but they ha- like one of them also had like a, a vape with a nail on it so they were also fucking doing they they like disappear <sighs> behind some pallets in the back right. of the warehouse and just fucking straight up just doing dabs and shit yeah. all day and i always remember like asking them questions like uh so have you guys seen a movie and they just be like uh, movie. Oh yeah, dude, I was totally just like fucking with a snore. <laughs> it's like the way you fuck around with someone you think stupid. Like so, you'd be like, so what's like five times five? And like at that point, they are getting so like even like a stupid <laughs> person, they get so fucked up in there. They know the answer, right? But they're so fucked, yeah, that they can't get it. Yeah. Well, um, my, and, my favorite sort of question, and I think I think I actually I may who oh, hey, all the pussy. <laughs> It wasn't me because I was smoking weed. <laughs> oh fuck! All right, well uh, that about does it for the program. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
there's no way to come back from that. <laughs> I, I gotta know what's your favorite question to ask. Uh, what were we just talking about? Uh, you come up to someone who is very obviously stoned out of their gourd. Hey, what does my finger smell like? That's a good one. I like I like that one. Does it smell like chloroform? I like that one, but I I if you walk up to someone that is stoned as shit and you say, "Hey, uh, what were we just talking about?" Oh, yeah, like you weren't having a conversation with them before, but oh. now they're convinced that you were, and now they're panicking. <laughs> I'm gonna. You know, it's one of those things that Saint when I die and go up to the pearly right. gates, Saint Peter's is going to be like. So on September fourteenth, two thousand twenty-two, your friend Jason told you a way how to mess with people that were inebriated with the marijuana plant and you use that <laughs> for to evil. cause one of your co-workers to lose his job oh, no. in 2026 <laughs> you did it to a guy that was operating a tinning machine at a production facility oh, no. and he caught off his own hand oh, <laughs> you gotta laugh that's what you gotta is. laugh you gotta, you gotta laugh uh, doing dabs is terrible. I yeah, I think it. the most is, I think you know the white people crack epidemic <laughs> is now the uh, proliferation of dab pens. Dab pens, yeah. I've seen I've I've seen you see guys yeah. you see guys uh, walking their kids through Tower Grove Park. Oh, hitting the dab with the kids. That's just yeah. Oh, they're hitting the dab. They're or in Uber Eats. They're not even home yet. No, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh-uh. I, I live. I live right up from from the from the Tower Grove. Man, the Tower Grove Market is full of people just doing just doing the most absolute. Weird oh, dude, shit. it's just yeah. it's just white people wiling. Oh my god. Yeah, it's uh, it's really <laughs> funny. Uh, I don't know if I've told this on the pod before, but like the last time my brother Ew, was in town. Don't, okay, don't don't fucking say on the pod. That's so gross. Okay, so <laughs> on our communal conversation about old internet there, bullshit yeah, just i'm sorry on the pod it's like a fucking <laughs> was that was that your nail on the chalkboard just, phrase just it's like um it's like when somebody says you know supposedly to me and i just go fuck ossifer <laughs> yeah. uh, um i don't know if i've mentioned it on this program there you go but the last time my brother was in town he my brother hasn't lived in st louis since the mid 90s so he knows a very, very different St. Louis than me. And yeah. One the last, I think this was the last time he was in town. Wherever we were doing, I cut through Tower Grove Park during mm-hmm. the day. Okay. And he was just like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm like, oh, this is like where white people live now. And he's just like, oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, uh, when I lived like in St. Louis Hills in like the 90s, even yeah. then, yeah, I didn't want you didn't want to fuck with this. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, no shit. He's just like, you yeah. didn't want to drive through Tower Grove Park even in the daylight. And I'm yeah, like, I've lived here for like 13 years, and it's really we. Um, I'm I'm afraid that I was the reason that we gentrified. I don't want to take it on me personally. I don't want to be the city. You want to be the yeah. uh, scapegoat? <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, uh, I mean you kind of you kind of fit the bill. I know you yeah. got a great deal on this house. It was an up and coming uh, neighborhood. Oh boy. You know, hey, you're go. not too far from the highway. Yeah. The 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 uh, the charter schools are great. Oh boy! And I got a little free library out in front of the house. <laughs> <laughs> the shame, yeah. the shame is unbelievable. I, I, I've looked at that so many times. I'm just like, I just want to put a bunch of copies of Wild Animus in there. Do like it. Some bullshit. <laughs> some bullshit. It's like just like uh, 
anarchist cookbook or something. I, I, I found I found a very nice copy of the Communist Manifesto in there. So you know, you never know. You never know. There's some good kids out there. They're, yeah. they're fighting the good fight. Yeah, man, so, that's uh, you know, there's still one thing I asked you to do. What, what did you ask me? To do? I asked you to gas me up, Brian. I understand that you, first of all, are back in the motherfucking game. I'm fucking changing it up. I'm I'm fucking doing fake pumps. Mm. I am uh, bouncing the basketball off suckers' foreheads. I'm watching every morning I get up. <laughs> I drink orange juice straight out of the container. Put mm. a little bit of kratom in there. Ah, mm. uh, mm. and I do open palm slap <laughs> a video into the VCR, but it's an and one highlights video. Oh, baby! And I go through uh all my fancy photography books mm. about me about all the famous photographers whose names i don't remember because who fucking cares are all old and white and dead so i'm <laughs> like just like fran Leibowitz. everybody knows that fran Leibowitz. no there's uh there was that german guy that did the book the americans i got oh, yeah. actually i actually have a copy of that uh on my coffee book table right, I so have. you're going through that book i'm going through that shit i'm just getting the fucking knowledge Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, uh, what really, uh, what I do is I, um, spend like two days editing photos of Boris that I then put on the internet and nobody responds to. That's right, motherfuckers. He got to photograph the amazing band Boris. I am insanely jealous. I was not able to make the show, but I understand it was a devil of a time. You got some killer photos. I did see a couple of them. They kick all kinds of ass. So fucking good, man. Like. Well, the drummer whose name escapes me on the top of my head, uh, he's he was, I guess, the original vocalist in the 90s. Oh, wow. And so for this tour and for this album that they're promoting, he is like the lead vocals and wow. he's the front man. And they got the drummer from some like California hardcore band. I can't remember off the top of my head. Play drums. Dude with like a permed mullet. It's fucking rules. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just tiny black shirt, mm. tiny black jeans, stupid ass haircut. Dude's doing blast beats. It's the baddest fucking drum it's, it's you've like, ever it's heard. Like, it's, like, it's this guy that looks like he has the trashest dick in the world. And he's sitting there doing that shit where he's like flipping the drumsticks. He's hitting the. He, he knows how to hit the cymbals on the upstroke and the downstroke. Oh, he's doing. The, he's like doing like the guy at the fucking fish fry that's going to die from a heart attack at 85. Yeah. At, not 85. At 42. Kind of fucking <laughs> drum dude shit. But it was fucking good. I got uh, really great photos. Uh, I got to shoot the whole, whole set, which I'm not sure I was supposed to do because of great, great bands that I don't respect, uh, like Rolling Stones and Rush, are the reason why we have the three song limit for music photographers. But no one like came up and tapped me on the shoulder. The Boris's TM was around me multiple times. He didn't say anything to me, so I was like, I'm just gonna fucking ride with this. And yeah. so. You know, I'm sorry if that offends anyone in the Boris camp. Uh, I got great photos, but because I'm not in the game like I used to be, like I sent photos to people I used to work with at Guitar Center, people who work at Delmar Hall and the yeah, pageant yeah. and stuff, and people who've worked for those entities, and they're like, ah, oh, this shit's so cool. I'm so glad to see you, you know, doing photos, and I'm all pumped up and put that shit on my socials, put that shit on Instagram, uh. put that shit on Twitter. And it's like one of those things where, like, I figure I probably would have gotten slightly more engagement if I just tweeted, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of love from the show will help you get there. Yeah. So uh, if you go to assholemusicphotographer.com, 
There's going to be a little bit of uh, text there on the left. You're going to hit archive. Oh. And it's going to show you all my galleries. You can see my foes of Boris. Mm. Uh, I had 3,000 foes, which I edited down to 70, which then I took down to 45. Wow. It was fucking stupid. This is what happens when you get to shoot the whole entire set of a band that's really fucking good and you haven't photographed over 10 years. Yeah. Or almost 10 years. I think the last time I photographed them was 2013, but... Um, we'll count it. It's fine. We'll count it. But you can see my foes of AJJ. You can see my foes of uh, Open Mike Eagle. Some other old shit. Mm. Um, you should do that. You should do that. Please. God, I'm dying. Um, so... That's why I'm asking you, uh, um, what, what should we call our fans? Should we call them doggers? Doggers. Yeah, that doesn't have any connotation nope. that's different outside nope. of the U.S. at all. I'm just going to walk right past that one. Yep. <laughs> uh, hey, if so, you like to suck and fuck in a public park and listen to the show, more, go with God. More power to you. <laughs> hey, you uh, want to come with my wife? Or do you want to come on the pod? Hey! <laughs> hey! Hey, 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 fuck. Anyways, so that is 48 <laughs> minutes of the dogs barking. You can catch me at iShotGDBoard. That's G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D on the Twitter and Instagram if you want to send me death threats. My co-host, Jason Robinson. You can get him on Video Crime. Tell him he's got a weird-looking penis. You're the only one who would know that, but you can also call... Oh! You're the only one. Takes one. Oh! Takes one. Takes one to no one. So and it, you can also call the show 314-246-9766. That's right, motherfucker. It's 314-Ahoy-Poo! That's the stuff. And if you're looking to email us about various business interests, recipes for... I don't know. I, say, I keep saying cake. I don't know why the fuck I keep saying cake. Recipes for, I don't know, Clams Casino. Four eight minutes at Dog's... Uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. 48 up. minutes of Dog's Barking. At gmail.com. And if you want to harass us... On our show account, it's 48 Minutes of Dogs. 48 Minutes of Dogs. That's right. And if you like what you hear and you want to continue to put us in beer money, that is patreon.com. That's right. Patreon.com slash 48 Minutes of Dogs. I got to give a special shout out, by the way. I don't think I've ever said this on the shows that we published on the line. Our intro song is a gentleman by the name of Jeffy. He lives here in St. Louis. He is a stylish dude, and he... Uh, Beautiful man. He dresses in a Nahiro jacket 24-7. I don't know how he does it, but he wrote us a very nice theme song, so give him, give him some love. Jeffy2.bandcamp.com. I always <laughs> so include good. I always include the link uh, in the show description, but who the fuck reads the show description? And today, in honor of Brian's triumphant comeback, we're going to lead the show. A little bit of Boris. What Boris song are we going to kick off with? Shit, I don't know. Let's do Loveless. Loveless. Perfect. This is Boris. Loveless. It's 48 minutes of dogs barking. We're going to see you now the fuck is in the future, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.